Yeah. All about that HR life. Welcome to the HR Cartel Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Dive. Let's talk about leadership. The um, the topic of the last couple of episodes, I think, have been more around getting more out of your people. And that's pretty important these days because you've got so many issues with productivity with um, you know, costs going up, wages going up, and pressure on markets and that sort of thing. There's talk about recessions that will be upcoming and there's even comments that the RBA governor will uh, push us into recession intentionally to teach us all a lesson. So what does that mean for for leaders and workplaces and the job market and that sort of thing? Well, it means that you've got to have some some pretty good leadership to get through that, right? So last time I spoke about uh, productivity, getting more out of your people, finding and identifying those those bottom 10%. And, you know, the, 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 key, the key lesson out of that, which I'm, I'm, I'll summarise here with one statement if I can, is that the high performers, um, to keep them on board, to keep them retained, to keep them feel like they're, they're in the right organisation, leaders will often find it really easy to work with high performers, right, because they're, they're – um, they're just they get things done. They understand things better. They're more commercial. They execute. They get it done right. So it's easier for a leader to work with people like that. But leaders make that mistake quite often. The way that you retain good people and the way that you lift performance is to work with your bottom ten percent and to consistently work with those um, cohort and get them up, get their performance up and running. So that's that's a key concept or message from the, from 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 recent conversations and discussions. So today, leadership, let's look at the let's look at the leaders. Rather than your people, let's look at the leaders. Because they they really are where the rubber hits the road between strategy and what the business wants to achieve and hopes to achieve and and real results, right? Um, you, you'd be mistaken if you believed everything you read such as how you know, or about how many leadership styles there are. A quick Google search I did um, resulted in a multitude of stories about leadership and leadership styles, and everyone's talking about this, but um, you know, very very little of it's cohesive. But you'd see articles and comments with people saying that there are up to anywhere up to twenty different leadership styles, and that's just bullshit. That's 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 garbage, really. You know, it all really boils down to three different types of leadership and in my view the best organizations i've seen and the best leaders that i've seen know when to apply and can apply all three types they're what i would call a three-dimensional leader um and yeah i've got a bit of a model that i a theory called the pyramid theory and i won't i won't go into detail what that is now but this this is this is another thing that can be explained by my pyramid theory where you've essentially got three levels of capability in an organization um, you've got three levels of relationships and three types of relationships you've got three different types of leaders and leadership styles that need to be implemented so let's talk about about that 
the three leadership styles or leadership types that everything boils down to is um, number one, autocratic, an autocratic style of leadership. Now, autocratic means it's more like authoritarian. Um, you'll see an autocratic leadership style in the army, for example, where it's, it's it, you know, one person's making the decisions, one person's giving the orders, one person's setting the standard um, and, and all, all that sort of stuff. And it's very order-driven, right? Here's, here's what you do, you go do it. And when you've done that, you come back and here, now here's what you do. Um, that's a very easy way to summarise that type of leadership. And it sounds a bit negative, doesn't it? Um, and isn't that funny because all these all these uh these new age discussions and leadership topics and that sort of thing they praise they praise the opposite of that they praise the opposite type of leadership um that um it, you know it essentially sounds good feels good um all that sort of stuff uh what what i what I would say about that is that when you get people saying, well, leadership is integrity, leadership is self-awareness, leadership is um, courage and respect and empathy and humility and leaders empower others and and, and um, they're authentic and they're consistent and all that sort of stuff, that's not leadership, right? That's, that's nothing more than a shopping list of characteristics that you want to have in your best mate and hopefully he's your leader or she's your leader with those traits, right? Um, so... Get that stuff out of your head. Um, authoritarian leadership is required in every organisation at some level, right? Um, it's not all negative. It's not all negative. Now, um, in, in you know, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about that um, in just a minute. The second type of leadership that uh, is of those base three fundamental types of leadership styles is a, a democratic style of leadership or a, a participative um, style of leadership. And you'll tend to see this uh, in, in organisations where you've got a bit more of a professional workforce. Um, you've got people who uh, are skilled, you know, they, they've got qualifications, they've got capabilities, they've got experience, they can make decisions and they've, they've got a scope or a realm in which they operate and, and they've got uh, a handle on all those, all those different elements. Uh, and they can be trusted um, to to make some to make some um, decisions and and that sort of thing. Um, the third type is uh, laissez-faire. They 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 call it laissez-faire. Um, what that means is essentially you're, you're a hands-off leadership style. And by hands-off, we don't mean disconnected. Um, you know, the disconnected leader is a different thing altogether. A disconnected leader is is kind of an absent leader, uh, a silent leader um that's not that's not any of these leadership styles that's just that's just uh, um yeah a, a way an organization exists maybe some owners are like that for example um but laissez-faire means that you're hands off it essentially means that you've got people who are entrusted wholly to execute and deliver to lead to drive and push and make decisions about strategy and all that sort of stuff right so there's your three levels right and your very top level there is that laissez-faire, that hands-off top leadership. You've got fewer of them in an organisation. Your second level of leadership is that participative or that um, de uh, democratic type of leadership where more conversations happen. It's a two-way street. You get um, agreements and, and you know, feedback and that sort of thing. And the, and the base level of, of leadership is that autocratic leadership where it's 
you know, order-driven, that sort of thing. Now let's go back to my little pyramid theory. Imagine that pyramid with the top section there or a pyramid cut in three and that top section there being that hands-off, the middle section being democratic and the, and the, 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 the bottom section there being autocratic. So you can see there that that illustrates three levels of competence and three levels of capability and three different types of or three levels of differing relationships, instructions and performance and that sort of thing, okay? This is where the idea of a three-dimensional leader comes into play. The best leaders that I've ever seen work in any workplace know and understand all three they know and understand when which of the three is required to be implemented and they know and understand which people to put in the teams that require which of the three leadership styles that work to get that scope of work done effectively. Um, it's a mistake. I see it a lot. It's a mistake when I see um, businesses bang on about you know, our leaders are, are like this. Our leadership is bang, bang. Yeah, they'll spell it out for you. They're spelling out these nice to have character traits that's what leadership is in our business leadership is this leadership is that you know leadership is fleeting it's it's variable it changes um and your leaders or anyone assuming a leadership role has to be competent and capable to be able to to bend and flex and identify when it's required to do that right um otherwise they break things happens a lot right so, look, let, let's go a bit deeper on this laissez-faire style first, right, this hands-off. Um, how do you identify if that's the leadership that's happening in your, in your organisation? Because, you know, the, the mistake that businesses make is that they implement one of these types. And whether that's subconsciously or intentionally doesn't really matter. It, it's still there, right? A lot of my clients will, um, you know, the, smaller, the small business clients that I have, that may be growing or maybe they've stayed small for a long time. They, they might be successful. There might be no, no problems with their success, with their bank accounts, with their revenue and that sort, of, that sort of stuff. But the leadership style within their business causes retention issues and causes friction and complaints and, um, you know, people are being upset, uh, you know, quite an emotional workplace and that, and, and that sort of thing. And leaders and, and owners are scratching their head thinking, what the hell is going on here? Why, what's wrong with these people? Why can't they just be happy? Why can't they just go into work? Do their thing, get paid, go and have a good time at home. Why can't they just do that? And comes down to this, right? Comes down to this sort of stuff. What are they being exposed to? Um, you know, this ties into psychological safety, which is a big, a big thing right now. And you know, just because um, you know these things sound negative, I, I know, um, but psychological safety—you don't need to be bullied and harassed. Um, and subjected to threats and all that sort of stuff for there to be a risk to people's psychological safety. Micromanagement is a risk, right? Micromanagement by a leader who's incompetent, uh, who isn't that experienced, not that sophisticated with leadership um, styles and that sort of thing, um, who feels out of control will start to micromanage and they think they're doing the right thing. They think they're doing what you want them to do as their leader um, they think the only way they can get a result and 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 drive what you need them to drive is to control everything and have answers for everything and know everything, and that makes uh, workforces um, feel, you know, mistrusted, um, underutilized, uh, burnt out, 
um, all kinds of things, right? Now, those elements exist and they cause psychological safety issues, which owners of businesses are now subject to civil penalties, civil penalties for, right, as of April this year, I think it was. So it's, it's, it's an important thing to get right. But those, all those things exist, even though the leader who's causing it is probably not aware that they caused it. Um, and also it's out of a good thing. It comes from a good place. They're trying to perform. They're trying the best they can, right? But they're just not sophisticated enough to be a three-dimensional leader and to understand when, how, and why to apply different types of leadership. Look, let's let's see, let's go back. This laissez-faire type of leadership, how do you know if that's present in your workforce? Um, often your employees will be confused, right? They'll be confused. They won't really know what's going on. They won't have clarity. Um, uh, you know, the leaders won't really know how to take accountability um, or they don't, they don't want to take accountability. Um, you know, there's uh, uh, people are probably making decisions freely. There's, you know, there's no real um, way of doing things. So this person in this team who might have a similar role to that person in that team will make decisions about the same things in completely different ways and, and that causes separation, right? Um, not unity and that sort of thing. Is it all bad? No, it's not. It's not all bad because those environments and those, that type of leadership creates incredible opportunities for self-development, for growth, for career development, all that sort of stuff, right? It forces you to make decisions, forces you to, to assess risk, to understand a, a whole range of variables um, and to make the best decision for your team, for yourself, for your business and all that sort of stuff. So it's great for that, right? Um, you know, there's fast decision-making. You, you know, d- decision-making isn't held up or bottlenecked. Everyone's a decision-maker, essentially. So, um, you know, if you need an answer on something, you've got it pretty quick. You can make it yourself more often than not also. Um, so, you know, one of the negative things, though, is that um, productivity and efficiency and, uh, you know, if you're trying to drive those sort of elements those factors, you're not going to get it from this type of team who's being led with this type of leadership approach, this leadership style, it's hands-off leadership style, right? So what does it suit? Well, th- this type of hands-on, le- hands-off leadership style, this laissez-faire leadership style, um, it, it, it's, it's at the, the upper end of your organisation, right? CEOs will adopt this and should adopt this. If they're not adopting this, if CEOs are not adopting this type of leadership style, then um, what you what you'll see is stagnation in the organization's growth. People that CEOs hire to so the C-suite, the COOs, the CFOs, um, you know the um, the MDs, the, you know, the, the managing directors, the the departmental leaders, all these all these sorts of people. Um, if they're not treated with a with you know you give them an outcome, you give them a strategy, and then hands off from there, and off they go. Um, that works, right? Because they they should be suitably skilled, high level professionals, um, paid at a level that warrants that and demands that that those outcomes. But you've got to let them go and do their thing, right? Um, strategically. So that's where it's that's where it's good. You know where it's bad? Everywhere else, right? Everywhere else, you, you, you're not really going to get much of a good result. Now, um, I'm sure you would have seen businesses that 
aren't three-dimensional. They might be one-dimensional in this approach and um, the, the, the wrong people are left to their own devices. Um, they'll fail to perform. They won't be developed. They won't speak up. And I'll talk about that uh, that not speaking up element in, in a second because it doesn't suit them to. Um, they often don't know what to say, how to say, these, uh, if this type of leadership is being applied to the wrong cohort within your, your organisation, right? So, um, yeah, that's where it belongs, those, those upper levels in your, in your organisation. Let's talk about the democratic style of leadership a bit more. Um, you know, this, is, this works well where people have more information Right, you, you've you've shared more information with them, so it's like you've got this strategic objectives list, and um, you've got a forecast, and you've got plans and all sort of stuff, and you've 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 got this cohort of people who are in that middle level of your organisation. We're talking about here managers, you know, advisors, um, the professional levels, engineers, all all, all these types of of people. Um, you know, in this in. in how do we know that you've, you're implementing this style of, of leadership uh, across your organisation? Some of the signs that I always see, they've, they've got that old school style of performance management. You know that six monthly chat you have or annual chat you have and you get, you get given a form and you self-assess, you assess yourself, how did you perform here? You give yourself a score and you give, put some comments maybe. And then your manager goes, well, I think I think you scored. He's like, you know, you've got a double scoring system. Um, yeah, that sometimes causes problems. That's a conversation for another day. But that type of it's it's that type of leadership, that type of environment where you, you've given you've been given the information, you know the scope, you know the environment, you know what you're trying to achieve, and you can um, self manage yourself and, and manage your performance and self check. You, you you know how you're performing. Um, you're self aware about it, um, and you're having you're coming together having a two way conversation about the performance level, about the expectations, and that sort of thing. That's you know that that's the type of environment where you've got democratic. Now, is that always good? Because that sounds pretty good, right? And that's what a lot of these articles about leadership and HR people will say. That's what you've got to aspire to, right? But you know why? Because that's where they come from. HR people don't start on a production line, typically. I did. Yeah, I I, I started. Just um, to tell you what, my my very first job. Let's take let's take a bit of a side step here. My my first job. You know, I I didn't go well in school. Right, I had a pretty hard um, uh, home life, and I didn't finish school. Um, you, you you could you could say, um, you know, maybe maybe it's a conversation for another day, another time, but. Um, you could say there was an element of homelessness there with you know with a lot of couch surfing and trying to find my way through the world at at 13 14 years old and that resulted in me going and leaving school and getting the job and I ended up getting the job my first ever job in a foundry right it was this uh, factory in in uh in Smithfield in Sydney right and um you know, I was getting paid three dollars thirty an hour. Had to borrow money to catch the train to get there the first week. I didn't make enough money to pay back the train fare, so I had a hard lesson there. But that level of that that line there, do HR managers come out of that environment? Rarely, right? They don't. Do um, engineers come out of that environment? Or oh, no, possibly, I don't know, but typically no. You know, they're probably in uni, right? They're in uni. They're, they're not earning three dollars thirty jobs in in hot in hot furnaces and, and things like that. Um, you know, so uh, why do HR people and professionals and, and that sort of thing in, in um, you know, that 
end up in this world of advising businesses, why do they bang on about this type of leadership? It's because that's what they know. That's what they're familiar with. They think they succeeded in that environment, so everyone should aspire to set up that environment, use those tools, use those systems because that's what they know, right? Um, Again, that's one-dimensional thinking and there are three dimensions. So, um, you know, this, this, this dem- getting back, this democratic style sounds good, sounds positive. There's a lot of um, advocates for it, a lot of advisors saying you should, you should use this type of environment in, in your workplace or aspire to it, but it's not true, right? Only your cohort work well under that model. Um, let's talk more about now the, the, the autocratic because this, this is the one that sounds like shit. Right. This is the one that if you if you go to a leader and you say, well, you're that they think they're a great leader, and um, they're they're doing awesome things, and um, excuse that little coffee sip there, and you tell them you're an autocratic leader, your leadership style is autocratic, and what does that mean? Well, look, like you're an army sergeant, and yeah, you know, the, the the negative connotations that goes with that um are real so um but it's not always bad right let's talk about that how do you know if you're in an autocratic leadership style if you're you're in a team or your teams are being run by an autocratic style of leader um look the, the people that are in those teams will feel like they don't know anything they're given bits of information and told that's all you need to know go go and do your thing um, it's a need-to-know basis. Knowledge is power. It's weaponized um, if it's in the wrong hands, right? If the wrong type of leadership is being applied, they'll weaponize information. Um, they'll make people feel micromanaged. Um, you know, there will be upset people in the workplace. They feel they're not like trusted and, and all those sort of things. That yeah, if If your workplace is being managed by an autocratic leader, who shouldn't be applying that style of leadership to that cohort of people, that's the, they're the complaints you're going to get, okay? Um, now, is it is it always bad though? It's not, right? We just touched on that before. If you're in a, if you're on a production line, if you're in, in a, uh, if you've got a, um, an organisation that's required to be very productive, very efficient and, um, and, you know, maybe manufacturing, stuff like that, that frontline manufacturing role, um, you, you need to have an autocratic style of leadership. It's here's the orders, go and do it. Here's the list of things to get done, do that list of things um, and do them well, you know. Uh, and then it, it's it's not a two-way conversation or a negotiation. It's just you're doing it. Yes, I am. I've done it. That, that, that's the type of environment that, that you're in, right? Now, the, the, the problem is that this style of leadership this is when you hear people talk about um, old school type of managers, you know, or they're, they're a manager, they're not a leader. When they're making complaints about people who, who are leaders in, in organisations, they'll say they, they don't lead, they manage. Um, they're, you know, they're like 80s style of, of, of leadership, uh, whereas do as I say type of leadership. Um, now, unsophisticated leaders, when I say unsophisticated, I don't mean unintelligent i don't mean that they're bad i just mean that they haven't developed right they haven't developed this leadership capability it's an absolute skill to learn it's not something that you that you're born with leaders aren't born right they're not 
um, that, that, that they come a long way. People have varying levels of capability, of course, and self-awareness and all that sort of stuff, but unsophisticated leaders are pe- probably people who did well at, at a job and got pushed up because they did well. So that's that's a mistake in itself because someone who's awesome at their job, leave them doing their job, you know, leave them there. You know, if if they if they want to push for leadership and development opportunities, let them ask for it, let them drive for it, let them tell you that they 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 want to achieve those sort of things. Don't force them to be a leader because they're good at good at a job um, because you think you know they set a good example in the job. They should now be sitting up a, a level. Fails a lot, okay. Fails a lot. Um, but those types of leaders, when when you're up, the, the, they will apply. Um, that controlling uh, approach, and that's autocratic. When they don't, when they're not good leaders, and they don't know how to let people or how to identify which people in the business are that they're required to be hands off with, which people they're required to consult with, and which people they're required to give the orders to, they just give the orders to everybody, right? Micromanage, feels like you're being bullied, feels like you're being harassed, you're not trusted, and that sort of stuff, and that causes big problems. Um, so that's. Uh, you know, everything, like I said, everything that people that talk about leadership uh, are banging on about, you, you probably rarely hear those terms, autocratic, democratic, and laissez-faire or hands-off. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I bet you you rarely hear that. All you're hearing is, oh, this person's, that they've got self-awareness, important, right? Self-awareness, they've got empathy, they've got um uh, they're consistent. They're you know they're ethical. They're they're you know all these all these things, right? They are characteristics of nice people and good people and fair people. Yes, you need them in your in your organization, right? But are they a three dimensional leader? They may not be, right? Those those good types of people, they're probably they might be democratic. But I bet I bet you most of them, and I would guarantee this is going to hit true for a lot of people that that hear this. Most of the people who have those characteristics, who are liked by many, who are um, who like to get praise from those from that person, you know, all all those things, all those good things that people talk about with leadership. I bet most of them have a real hard time having difficult conversations. You know, I, I bet they do. They avoid it as best they can. I bet they work with the high performers really well, and the the lower performers they sort of you know they they deal with it when when it gets to a point that it has to be dealt with. There's no other way but to have a conversation now. Um, you know that that's that that's a sign that um, a person may have good traits, but they're a one dimensional leader, and they're applying one of those one of those dimensions to their to their leadership. Um, so you know this this theory of leadership. I really employ you to, to think hard about it. You don't need to go to leadership courses, right? You don't need to spend thousands of dollars on uh, workshops with your people. You don't need to get someone over from another country who's a big speaker and motivate you, motivate people and they automatically become good leaders, right? You don't need that. It's You, you just need to have a real conversation and map out on a board with your, with your leaders this is what leadership looks like. This is how we vary our approach. This is why we vary our approach. And this is the best way to do it. These are the people you can lean on. These are the tools we can implement for you. Give us feedback. What do you need? That's how you develop leadership within your organization. Now, you don't need to spend tens of thousands of dollars 
on motivational speakers and, um, you know, uh, just hacks, frankly, just hacks that will come to your workplace for a day, talk to your people for four hours and piss off, ne- never give you a second thought, you're paying 20 grand. Don't do it. Uh, you know, honestly, it's, um, you know, I can bang on about that for ages because I've, I've seen it in the past. You know, I've seen many businesses go down that road and spend money and, and they're all excited and they feel like, oh, shit, we've got some good information here. We're, we're awesome leaders now. We're, we're going to go now and roll this out. First difficult conversation pops up you've got to have and it's back to the default, right? That's, that's, that's how it always goes. So think hard about that. Tell me what you think about that. Um, let's use this board I've got here for a bit of fun. Those types of workshops... What do you think about that? So, look, um, leadership is—it's one of those things, you know. That you, you're gonna—you're gonna hear a lot of garbage about it. Um, you're gonna hear um, people regurgitating clickbait articles. Um, you're gonna hear all these different lists of personality traits that. Um, people tell you you should have and develop in your organizations and all that sort of stuff. Now, look, good people are good people for sure. Get them all in there, right? Good people aren't always good leaders, right? So um, it, it's a different skill, different capability. Stop making that too, too bloody hard. Stop fucking clouding everything with all, all these fancy fucking words and and you know, just this garbage that doesn't make any sense in, in reality. Um, and look at developing people as three-dimensional leaders. They need to be able to identify when and why to implement these different types of approaches. And it, it boils down to three. I'm telling you now, boils down to three types of leadership styles. Don't fucking mess around with it, anything else, right? Don't add anything more to it. Um, cool. So, look, hopefully there's some some nuggets of gold in there. Um you know, it, if if there's um, it, if there's anything that's um, you know controversial about this topic, it's it's simply telling um, people that you know all these good character traits that HR leaders and you know and just call them, they call themselves thought leaders and um, you know and and leadership motivational speakers and all sort of stuff they bang on about these soft skills. Yes, they're important, right? But they're important for human beings. Emotional intelligence and all that sort of stuff, yeah, sure, develop all that. But develop that in all of your people, right? That's not leadership. It isn't. So, you know, leadership must drive performance. It must drive outcomes. You know, and if, if the outcome is um, set aside in place of people feeling good, that's detrimental. doesn't last long. It's fleeting. People change what makes them feel good all the time. Stop chasing that. Get back to your strategy. Get back to your your performance uh, requirements. Get back to aligning people to the outcomes your business wants and needs and let your leaders become three-dimensional leaders and do the rest, right? Employ good people. No dickheads. You'll be fine. All right. Well, maybe let's wrap it up there. It's been a, it's been a bit of a, a fun one to talk about, I think. Um, as always, Give us a, uh, a perspective. Send me your thoughts. Make a comment. Suggest what we can talk about. Maybe you want to come on and have a chat with me. Maybe, you, maybe you've got a different perspective. I'd love to hear it. 
I'd love to hear another perspective. I, I love having my mind changed with real world um, situations and and, uh, and scenarios. So come on and share them with me. As always, this is brought to you by WorkplaceAS.com, Workplace Advisory Specialists. Um, head on over to that website. You can get some free tools uh, and more podcast episodes and some advice. You can book a consultation. You can you can ask some questions and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, just I'll touch on that. What do we do? What does Workplace AS do? Well, we've got different things, right? HR is one of those things. Industrial relations is another one of those things. Um, and outsourcing that stuff. We're great at that. So um, if you're a business who may or may not have HR people, maybe considering getting HR people, um, maybe you've um, you know you, you've been toying with the idea of of consultants or spending money on tools and and that sort of stuff. Get in touch because you know what well, essentially um, outsourcing uh, to, to to workplace AS um, is something that many businesses find a lot of advantage out of. Um, they they you know for, for the price of you know a, a lower level administration assistant for a full HR outsourcing model, um, you, know, you you'll, you'll get what essentially is a full HR team from HR director director level all the way down to HR administrator level, and it's all handled for you. So um, that's what Workplace AS does and is good at. Plus the other project stuff, you know, we do restructures and organization design and um, redundancy pr- uh, projects and all these all these sorts of things that that come into the HR banner. We, we do all that as well. So that's who we are. Get in touch. As always, keep a tight workplace. And until next time, we'll talk again soon. Until next time. Oh, yeah. See you later.